Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we are in for a treat. Really excited about today's episode. Uh, this gentleman had a great career at Franklin High School. He finished uh, his senior year as one of the top players in the state of California. He's now a freshman at the University of Arizona. He's ranked uh, the third-ranked incoming freshman in college baseball. Just really excited to have him on to share some of his backstory, to get into some stuff that's been going on in his freshman year so far, and just looking forward to him to uh, talk about what you know his goals that he has uh, for the years to come. So, uh, without further ado, Chase Davis. Chase Davis, you out there, brother? Going on, man. What's going on? Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No, you got it, man. Listen, uh, really, like I said, really excited to have you on. Got a lot of information uh, I want to get into. So uh, let's get right into it. You ready? Do it. Let's do it. Absolutely, man. So let's, uh, you know, take me back, man. Let, let, let's get the backstory. You know, when did you actually start playing uh, baseball? Man, I started playing when I was actually four years old. Uh, I remember playing on the tee, tee ball with my dad and my mom, really just working every single day, but kind of taking it really light because, you know, as a kid, it's not ever super serious for you. Um, until you get older but uh, four years old is when I started man super fun always going out there playing in the grass and outfield and just really kind of getting a feel for what baseball was like um, obviously as you know growing up it became more of a dream but you know four years old is really when it started um, had lots of fun with it and really just kept it loose man you can't ever take it too serious very young so four years old you had the bat in your hand huh four years old oh, man I was actually started on the right side of the plate until my dad uh, moved me over to the left and uh, it was funny because he didn't really want to, but some told him to do that. And you know what? Ever since then, I was just history with uh, hitting on the left side of the plate. It was no, that's awesome, man. Well, talk to me. Uh, was there any other sports you played, you know, when you were younger growing up? Yeah, yeah, soccer, man. Soccer and basketball, uh, mostly soccer, though, because I was balancing that until 13 years old was uh, when it really got serious. Um, but I eventually gave it up just for baseball because I knew that's what would really take me out and be my ticket out. So let me ask you this. Uh, at, so what age? I mean, was that what age specifically did you realize that you could really do something with the game of baseball and really you know, put all your energy and all your focus into the into baseball? I would say 14 years old. Um, that's kind of during the time when I was in eighth grade. And that's really when I was just like, you know what, what can I do with my life in this game? And I uh, really decided to put, you know, my front foot forward and really just take it on, take baseball on and give it a chance. And it's really been history ever since. And I was, I was able to potentially make a career out of it. And now it's becoming more of a reality, day after, you know, day after day. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about this. Uh, who were some of the people that really inspired you to, you know, to pursue your passion when it comes to baseball? And, you know, well, it's funny you ask that because um, I've been asked that a couple of times, but never really had like a solid answer for that. Um, uh, but my main answer now um, would be uh, I'm a Dodger fan. I'm a Dodger fan, you know, L.A., uh, not born and raised, but I'm a big Dodger fan, kind of L.A. to Miami type vibes. Uh, so I like Doc Peterson. He's an outfielder on the Dodgers. Um, I love his swing. Um, I love the way he plays baseball and I love his character on and off the field. So that's kind of someone I've always looked to as a uh, not a role model, but kind of someone that I could be like, you know what? I like the way he plays and I'm kind of going to emulate my game after him. So Doc Peterson on the Dodgers. And uh, really just keeping my faith in Jesus is, is my really big role model as far as off the field. Oh, man. Amen to that. That's awesome. That's great to hear um, that he'll definitely lead you the right way. That's for sure. So that's that's uh, that's definitely a good person to look up to, man. That's for sure. Let me ask you oh, yeah. this. Give me some uh, other give me some other of your uh, favorite pro players, you know, growing up that you, that you watched. I actually grew up during the Barry Bond. Bond's time when he was just hitting nukes all the time, man, just hitting balls super far, and everyone knew who it was. And um, I just started hearing about him when I was kind of eight years old, nine years old. So um, really trying to emulate kind of his swing, too, and the way he played. So Barry Bonds, um, I like McGuire. Um, I like Ken Griffey Jr. Kind of from the left side of the plate, looking at guys that really can do damage, and that's kind of someone who I've looked at um, a lot. So I'd say Ken Griffey, uh, Bonds, uh, Doc Peterson for the Dodgers, and um, John Carlos Stinn on the New York Yankees. Um, he was on the Marlins kind of when I was growing up, and I liked him on the Marlins. But, you know, business is business, and he got traded to the Yankees. But um, those four guys have really been just people in my life that I'm like, you know what, 
they play the game well and they have fun and I have fun doing it too. And I like them a lot. No, that, that's awesome, man. So, uh, so talk to me about this picture that I, that, that I've seen uh, floating around. I, I want to say you're in the sixth grade and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but th there was a school picture and like I said, it looked like it was one of your promotions and it stated on there that I will be a professional baseball player. And that's, and, and what, what I really liked about that picture, or actually not mm -hmm. even like what I, what I really loved about that picture is yeah. that, you know, you speak life and death with your tongue. And I love the fact that you spoke life into your dreams at such an early age, you know? So uh, yeah, talk to yeah. me about that. You know, how old were you and, and what really, you know, made you, you know, put that down? Yeah, yeah man. Hey, I was sixth grade. I was actually 12 years old during that time. And let me tell you, baseball has always been kind of from 10 years old, about nine years old. It's always been like that thing I wanted to do for the rest of my life, man. They say school is not for everyone. And that's true. True. Um, I'm, at, I'm at a university right now, an awesome university um, that will catapult me towards, you know, national championships for the school and Major League Baseball. So I think being 12 years old, um, I didn't know everything. Um, I still don't know everything. Baseball is a game of failure and a game you got to learn um, and you'll never figure it out. But I knew for a fact damn well at 12 years old, I wanted to play professional baseball. And that's something that um, I'm working really hard to do day in and day out now. But speaking life, like you said, speaking life is what you want to do. I think that's the most important thing you could do ever. No, I think that's a really great. Um, and I think it's really important for, you know, the people listening, you know, the, you know, the young players that I know, uh, you know, here locally in Elk Grove, you know, you know, where you played ball at, um, look up to you. And I, I need them to really understand that this is something that just didn't happen by coincidence. This is something that you spoke life into, that you had 100% belief and you put your faith into and you put in the work, which we'll get into when it comes to, you know, the type of work, you know, that you, that you really, you know, put into this game. But it's something that you really had 100% belief and yet, you know, that conviction that you knew it was going to come true, you know. So it's very important, like I said, for, you know, all the aspiring, you know, athletes, you know, specifically baseball players to know like someone like yourself, you know, um, this was something that you, you know, literally, literally have been, you've been even right now where you're at right now, you, you already saw this years ago. And now it's just coming to fruition, but you already, you already seen the picture that, you, that you're actually living in right now. And so, I, I mean, I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, the fact that at, at such, at 12 years old, you know, you're already, you're already speaking that life <laughs> into it, man. So uh, no, nah, man, definitely, uh, you know, kudos to you on that, man. And, and, and you gotta, you, you know, you, 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 you gotta have that, man. You gotta really have a, well, you gotta have a great, you know, you have to, you have, to have a good support group, but most importantly, it starts with you. You got to have the belief in yourself first and foremost, because no matter how great of a support group you have, if that belief, that you, you know, if you don't have the belief in yourself that you could get it done, it's not going to happen. So that, like I said, that was just that, that was really inspiring for me to see, especially for a young man like yourself, uh, be able to put that down. So that's awesome. Talk to me about hey, this, man. You. So, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Talk to me. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you're getting going with your, you know, baseball. It's, you know, at some point, you know, uh, like you said, 12, you know, it's like 12, 13, 14, you, you, you really figure like this is the sport that, you know, that's going to take me to, to where I want to get to, you know, put all your 100% focus and energy into it. Uh, but talk to me when you actually transitioned from more of a rec to, to you know, comp ball, travel ball uh, in baseball. Yeah, um, I think for me, you know, I think honestly, everyone's path is kind of different and the times they, they make those changes and make that specific change is different as well. For me, I think uh, it was really 15 years old. And you know what? 12 years old is when I was really traveling to different states like Utah and um, different parts of California. Obviously, you can't travel super far being that young. But that's kind of my entry, man. That was the age where I just got into it, kind of dip my feet in the water, as, as people would say. Um, but 15, man, 15 was when I first flew. Actually, 14 was when I first flew by myself. I remember this uh, summer of 2015. I flew by myself to the state of Florida, man, to, um, uh, it's like kind of East part, East Florida, a little bit, kind of Port St. Lucie, a little bit, Jupiter area. Um, but I flew there by myself to do a, a nice little kind of showcase developmental kind of event, man. And, and, you know, being there, I learned so much is, is with a whole bunch of guys that were ex MLB coaches, um, ex players. And just a whole bunch of guys that knew baseball. And, and you know what? That's the best kind of people to be around. So that was when I first took my first flight by myself um, to play baseball on the road. And ever since then, man, you can count states like Texas, Florida, Arizona, where I am right now. Obviously, all the way up and down California, different parts of Washington, Georgia, New York. I've been everywhere to play baseball, man. It's a blessing. Um, and I can't wait to the day I play overseas. But um, 15 years old is when it started. 
And ever since then, kind of the past four years, it's really just been a blur as far as traveling and, and accomplishments I've had. And again, all glory goes to God. No, man, that's awesome. Let me ask you, uh, initially, you know, what was the biggest difference? Um, I'm pretty sure there was many, but what was the first thing that you, that you saw that you noticed was the big difference between, I guess, rec ball and that, you know, that big time travel ball? I noticed, obviously, uh, the competition was better, um, but the, the more deeper part, man, and, and this is going to be hard for a lot of people to really understand, but the deeper part for me was it's more of like the cutthroat kind of thing, you know, and, and baseball is a job where nine people are on the field and you either play <laughs> or you don't. And I had to learn that the hard way, man. Obviously, I was very talented, very young, so I never really had to worry about not playing. But there were many, many times where I would make stupid mental mistakes in the game and uh, and and mistakes off the field, nothing too critical. Um, that would just cause me to not be able to play sometimes, man. And just, and just seeing other guys play and, and not me, I held on to that. And that stuck. So I worked my ass off day in and day out. But uh, the biggest the biggest difference is it's kind of more for fun when you were younger and that transition I made it felt more of a job and it didn't feel like a boring chore, but it felt more like there was so much on the line and so much to lose that I took it like life or death, man. I took it so damn serious. And um, that really allowed me to, you know, pull out the greatest in me and pull out the best and, and show everyone what I'm about. Yeah, it definitely sounds like the intensity level went up a million percent, <laughs> you know, at that point. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I dude. mean, people are, you know, playing for a lot more, you know, it's nothing's guaranteed at that point. Rec ball, right. you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, no, that, that, that that's, uh, no, that, that's very good uh, outlook. And that's actually, you know, I mean, the fact that you're, you're cognizant of that, you know, early on, and that, that stuck out, uh, definitely probably helped you out, you know, moving forward. So talk yeah, to me and- about this. Um, what did playing against tougher competition do for you when it comes to your belief system? Because obviously locally here, you could be the best local locally here in Elk Grove, Sacramento. That's one thing. But when you're out and you're traveling all throughout different parts of the world and you're still um, not just competing, but you're actually, you know, you know, standing out, you know, over everybody else. What did that do, you know, for you, you know, for, for your belief system when, when you got to when you when you saw success against even tougher competition? Man, to be honest, that really just opened my mind and told me, you know what, Chase? Every single time you go out here and step on this field, you got to believe you're the best damn dude out there, man. And I'm being so straight up. Succeeding in California was one thing, but then to go to other states and dominate there against guys that were my level or even some better, to be able to dominate those guys really just gave me that, that, that boost of, you know what, I'm here for a reason and I'm having fun doing it. And this could potentially, you know, keep me from working a nine to five when I'm older. Who wouldn't want to do that? And that just allowed me to just work that much harder in the weight room, take that extra rep, take the extra swing in the cage, take the extra ground ball in the outfield, man. That, that's really what that did for me was it told me, you know what, dude, I, I'm the best dog out here. And that, that confidence will propel someone a very, very long way to be known nationally that I could play baseball at this high level is, just crazy and it's ridiculous but um again and staying humble and staying grounded but man that really just gave me that nudge and really catapulted me upwards no that's good so what i like about what i just heard is that you caught on you caught on to it early you know i get it this is a kid's game you know and it's a blessing to be able to play a kid's game and make you know make a living off it you know let's think about that but you caught on Mm -hmm. early that hey if i really you know lock in and put my heart sweat and tears into this I literally don't have to have a nine to five job, you know, nothing against a great job. Don't get me wrong. But if you yeah. can literally do something that you love and that you're passionate about, and once again, it's a kid's game, no matter how you look at it, it's a kid's game. You can play a kid's game and get paid very, very generously for it and make a living off it. That you, that's going to not only set you up, um, you know, obviously very well, but it's well set up, you know, your, your family. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, why not? And the fact that but the thing is, like I said, don't overlook that because a lot of people don't realize that, Sometimes until it's too late. Like, man, I wish I should I should have exactly. took it a little bit more seriously. So exactly. so the fact that you caught on. So how old were you when when you I mean I know I asked you, you know, uh what it did for your belief system, but was that when you were 14, 15 years old? Is, I mean when, when you caught on to that? Well, you know what? I started blocking guys out and, and crossing people off my board as far as competition when I was 12 years old, man. 12 years old. <laughs> when I swear, I swear, man. I remember I remember traveling to states like Utah and Florida um that young and really being able to be like, you know what? 
dude, dude, like I could play this game at this high ass level. And and for me, what here's what frustrates me the most is so many so many people don't get that you know what this game is cutthroat. And for me, some of them just really don't want it that much, man. It's so frustrating to see. Um, but I wanted it. And you know what? That desire that I have really took me where I am today. And it really just showed me that I'm so capable of doing this. And there's so many people that I'm around each and every single day that may not want it as much as I do. Um, but that's that's not something for me to worry about. It's not something for, um, for me to worry about. That's obviously their issue. So I learned that young and I learned that lesson young. I got to care. I got to care more than everyone else. And that gave me that solid mindset that I could do it at the highest level, like you mentioned. Yeah, and that's actually uh, a, a huge, uh, you know, upper advantage that, that you had over uh, others, you know, and you use that, to, you know, definitely to your advantage. So let's get to some of the, uh, the showcases that you were able to, part, uh, you know, participate in. Uh, you know, uh, give me give me a handful, maybe like the first the first one that you were able to participate in and maybe one that stood out. I think the best one, I think one that catapulted me um, really to where I am now, and it's the one that sticks out to me the most, and it was actually the most fun for me, um, was when I was 15 years old, and I was actually in um, Tampa, kind of north of Tampa, maybe an hour and a half, um, and let me tell you, man, there's this tournament I was in, uh, it was like my first tournament with the travel team I had. Uh, and obviously we're very good friends now, but we've been together for three years, but it was the first tournament with them. And I had to make a statement of, about who I was and what I could do at this level. So I remember um, that whole tournament, man, that was, my, that was probably one of the top three best tournaments I've ever had as far as production. Um, but I absolutely went off, man. It was like my first tournament using a wooden bat and I was very nervous and I didn't even know what to do. I had a bat that if I was, if I knew now, I wouldn't have thought it. It was a bat that was like, it was like when I had to rush and buy super quickly. And you know what, man, that tournament I had, just being with the guys, um, we, we won lots of, lots of games. And we came, I think, third place because we lost to this team like last minute. Uh, we were so good. Um, but I hit my first home run with a wooden bat in the game to right field, man. And I still have that on video. And it brings back so many memories every time I see it. Um, but that was really a tournament. It was a week long. And that was a tournament that really just brought so much memories to my head every single time I think about it. And that's definitely a moment I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. For sure, man. Um, well, so here, so these type of showcases, obviously you're around a lot of talented people, a lot of other talented players, uh, you know, and you are able to spend that time together, you know, you know, players that you, you may have spent some time with, but also other players that, you know, you're meeting for the first time and what have you. Uh, talk to me about that bond that you had uh, at those showcases, you know, the type of fellowship you guys had with, the, you know, the type of fellowship that you had with those other players? Yeah, I think for me, it came down to how quickly can I get to know these guys and, and really be able to play with them. And being African-American, that team I was on, it was a team full of African-Americans. And that was really the message that we tried to send um, every single time we would play an opponent was to spread awareness that, you know what, African-Americans, Black people can play this game at a high level. A lot of them choose to go to football and basketball. Um, but the team I was on was very, very talented. So we were able to send a message by obviously winning. But at the same time, um, we would have pictures on Instagram and, and kind of advertise us in a, at a different level as far as really creating a message to send to everyone. So the guys I was on the team with, they were all from different states, different cities, coming from different backgrounds they all have their own stories and for me to be able to have gotten to know those guys in a week man in a week and to still right now be very very close with them and potentially potentially lifelong friends lifelong guys that I know will be playing baseball at a high level that means everything to me and and being able to do that in a week like I did and to have the, that much success that we had as a team and individually obviously but as a team Man, that was really something I will never forget. And, and those guys are, are so close to me now. And I've even met some of their families, some of their brothers, sisters, dads, moms, aunts, uncles, um, just traveling day in and day out, man. Hotels being paid for, long bus rides. We've had, we've had games where we lose, man. Everyone would be sad and we would bond that way. Um, just different things, man. Through the ups, through the downs. I've been with those guys for four years and it's felt like forever. It's felt like forever, but four years strong. Yeah, that's one thing that's amazing about the sports in general. 
uh, you know, is the relationships that's, uh, that are built, you know, off the playing field, you know, off the court. Um, and a lot of times because of the way uh, sports, you know, are, you know, you guys spend so much time together, you guys go through uh, the ups and downs, the emotions together, you guys are, you know, are always, you know, at the highest highs, lowest lows together. Those are special relationships that do. I mean, a lot of times you think about it, those are like your best friends, the one, the, the friends that you you do keep in, you know, you keep in, in contact with, you know, all throughout life. And, and that's and actually, that's pretty awesome to think about that you, you know, these are lifelong friends that you'll be able to share stories together or reminisce on, you know, on games that you were playing at 15, 16 years old and, you know, even, you know, past your guys' playing days. So that's a really awesome bond, man. I obviously, you know, great opportunity for you know all you guys that you know were able to you know build that bond uh talk to me about the difference uh between playing in a you know like a regular regular game as opposed to a showcase game oh that's a good question for me and and really i could speak on behalf of, uh, of a lot of guys as well i think the, the biggest difference between playing a game a regular game quote a quote-unquote regular game uh in a showcase game is really the nerves that could be jumping uh, obviously, you know, man, and, and you being from a sports background, you know how it goes. Uh, you know the anxiety sometimes. You know how the nerves can go. But the difference between a regular game and a showcase, in my opinion, is there's more decisions and more important decisions being made, in my opinion, on how you do in that showcase. And I say that because so much time has been you know, put in by you as an individual athlete to be able to prepare for that showcase and to be able to get stronger, to get faster, to be able to throw the ball harder, to hit the ball farther. So much preparation has been put into it, and you have so much on the line, and you got scouts there freaking talking about scholarships for you and maybe draft slots as well, money on the line, man, your life. And that's where it's decided when it comes to showcases. And that's the difference between that and a regular game. A regular game is – you know, you could take the lazy Joe and just go in there and, and play the game and, and go back home and play those video games that the guys have been looking forward to the whole damn day. But that, you know, proves no motivation. That proves no kind of decisions on their future. Their future. And, and for me, I think that's the biggest difference between a showcase and a game. No, no, I think you hit it on the nail. I mean, that's uh, definitely, you know, it seemed, you know, it's a lot more on the line, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to eyes that are looking at you, um, you know, bigger, bigger names, you know, scouts, as well as the fact that you're playing against the best competition. So, um, you know, you hitting a, you know, a home run or having success over, you know, uh, just your, your standard pitcher over, you know, a, a top tier pitchers, you know, totally different. The magnitude is a whole lot higher. So I, I definitely get that, man. Right. Uh, I know you've right. had a lot of great success in showcases, I mean, that's been documented, you know, you showing out really well, you know, from your arm strength to, you know, some bombs that you, you you've hit, even with the wooden bat. It's funny because my good friend, Harvey, <laughs> Har Harvey Hargrove, who you might know, just saw a uh -huh. highlight of you. We, we, were, uh -huh. we were talking the other day. He was like, yeah, man, Chase hit a bomb. He's like, and I had with the wooden bat. It might be the one you're talking about, by the way. Mm -hmm. But but mm -hmm. uh, shout out Harvey Hargrove, by the way, man. That's my good friend. Uh, but here's the thing is, uh, let me ask you this. So you've had great moments in showcases. Is there any was there any specific like tough moments you had in a showcase? Like where, where, you know, dare I say it, maybe that you, that you struggled or, or, you know, uh, you know, I, I aspect where you, you know, you had to fight through some adversity during a showcase. Yeah. Uh, I think there's been a good amount of tournaments that I've played in showcases and tournaments, same kind of deal um, where I've succeeded, but there's also been this one standout time where I really didn't do the best I wanted to do. And that was last July in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, at Chase Field, where I had this tournament that um, I didn't do the best in. Um, it was a showcase, too, uh, against the best guys in the country and a couple strikeouts. Um, I threw the ball well from the outfield. That's where I hit 99 from the outfield. But um, as far as at the plate, I didn't do the best I wanted. I got maybe two hits, um, but kind of a learning lesson that I had to get over. And it's something that um, really that I really looked at as, you know what, some adversity, some change, um, obviously didn't go the way I wanted it to, uh, but, you know, I kept my head up, kept moving, and really just looked towards the next tournament, the next showcase, and I, I actually did very well later that summer, um, but really the highlight of that showcase I was at, man, it really didn't go too well, kept, kept it moving, flushed it, obviously baseball, as you know, is a game of failure, and um, I really had to learn that the no, you got it, man. You got it. Let's let's go ahead and transition and let's talk about, uh, you know, your time 
playing high school ball at Franklin High, man. How was the transition into high school baseball? I think for me, I think the transition um, was just, I guess, kind of meeting the coaches and getting to understand that I'll be knowing them for the next four years. Um, they'd be on me academically and really just getting to know the guys. I think that's the most important thing. And uh, it was hard for me to do at first, but uh, same kind of deal now. I had to go through it at 15 years old, kind of getting into high school, meeting the guys, and um, felt kind of unwelcome. Uh, but then being there after a year and then plus more, felt better and better each and every single day. And it's kind of something I had to do now in college, but um, it, feels, it felt awesome. I really felt awesome. And I still love my, all my coaches and all the players I've been playing with for the past four years at the high school, man. And I made so many memories there as well. So unfortunately, you know, you know, uh, unlike, I mean, I'm sorry, like many other great athletes, you know, uh, you, you were impacted with your, you know, the 2020 season, you know, with, with, with COVID. Uh, but, uh, but I do want to talk about the time where you were able to, you know, to get on the field during your high school years, you know, at Franklin, your first three years, uh, you know, how was that, you know, year after year from your freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior year, uh, talk to me about the type of numbers that you were able to put up and, uh, you know, how did the team do during your years there? Yeah, I think um, I obviously had three good seasons there. Um, I think my freshman year was kind of like a quick one because I was playing JV freshman year, uh, but they brought me up for the playoffs, and I actually had a clutch-ass hit, man, in the, in the last inning to score two runs. But over those past three years at that school, um, or actually, sorry, over the first three years at that school, I put up good numbers, and I had lots of success in the spring. And just being able to dominate against guys that were in the same city as I was really was awesome. And um, I look nothing but forward to that each and every single game, man. I had so much fun playing there. And it was just really put a big smile on my face all the time. Just being able to, you know, put up numbers and to be able to have that fun and be able to keep that relationship going with all the coaches and the players for the three years was really, really awesome. So, you know, as your career went on, you know, uh, at Franklin, um, you know, your name was a, you know, a household name here, you know, not just locally, I'd say locally, you know, grow, but, you know, all, all throughout the baseball world, all throughout California, you were, you know, always one of the top ranked players in the state of California. Uh, talk to me uh, about how you were, how you were able to handle that hype and that anticipation that, and, you know, all the, you know, what everybody was expecting from you, how were you able to, you know, to handle all that you know, throughout your high school years, you know, essentially being known as one of the top players and not the top player, you know, in the area. Yeah, honestly, Audie, man, I really, dude, that, that's kind of a question I get a lot. And it's, it's funny because there's really no answer to that. I haven't, I have a good answer, um, but everyone's different. My deal was this. I knew that I was capable of doing something special at a young age with baseball. Um, but just having to accept that, you know what, there's lots of other guys <laughs> that are just as talented as I am, if not better. And being, quote unquote, the best guy from that area, it felt like, for me, kind of a struggle at points. And you would ask, okay, what do you mean struggle? For me, mentally was really where the game would be played a lot of the time. And I would be playing in between the lines physically, uh, but mentally I'd be, a, I'd be a wreck sometimes because I wouldn't learn to accept the fact that I won't do as good uh, as I feel like I will all the time in baseball and dealing with adversity and dealing with that failure. Odie was really just the hardest thing for me and being able to kind of put my next foot forward and to understand that, look, this won't be easy. And it was even harder kind of this past spring where obviously COVID was in effect and um, I didn't start the spring season off too hot. I was actually in a slump, um, but then our last game we played before the season got banged, I was literally two for, I, I had three hits that game, man. I went three for four, got out of my slump, two doubles off the left center field wall. So I went to the opposite field um, and had a single to the right side. So I had three hits that game, Odie. And um, I think the hardest part was kind of hearing that our season was going to get canceled and all the scouts are just looking forward to seeing how I played, you know, and seeing how I would do that spring season. And that's really what it came down to. They even told me that they were like, Hey dude, you didn't have a season. We didn't get a chance to see you play and see that consistency that we really want to see out of players that we pick. And that's really what made, that's really what made me like super mad. Um, really just kind of threw me off and mentally and physically 
um, because I would be expecting me myself actually expecting myself to go super high in the draft out of high school. Um, but they say they didn't see that consistency, but I tell myself, I've been consistent for the past four years at these big tournaments and showcases where they're all showing up to. You guys are seeing me play at these big tournaments and showcases, seeing that I'm putting up numbers and they say I'm not consistent. Okay. So I took that answer and I literally said at that, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go boss the wall and really keep my fingers crossed for the draft because you know what? We didn't have a season. So I didn't have anything to prove, quote unquote, nothing to prove. And lo and behold, come June, um, obviously I didn't go as high as I wanted. Uh, they offered some money. I'm not going to get into that. They offered some money though. Um, didn't want to take it. And I called, man, I gave my head coach here at University of Arizona the best phone call I've probably ever given someone. Got his ass on the phone and was like, you know what? I'm ready to come to your school and play. And he had the biggest, best reaction ever because he didn't think I'd be coming. He thought I'd be signing along with the other best player in my area from Jesuit High School, Daniel Susak. He thought he would be going to the draft too. Um, but we both came to, you know, we both chose to come here and it's been history ever since. So the lesson learned, Odie, the lesson learned from that is you're not who you think you are until it's proven. And obviously, I know I'm a talented young individual in baseball, um, but just sometimes life doesn't go your way. And sometimes you may not get really what you want, what you're looking for out of the situation. And there was a perfect, perfect damn example of you know, what happened. Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking to improve your health and fitness? Are you looking for a trainer to help you guide you along the way? Well, look no further. Check out Ruben Hernandez of Relentless Strength and Sports Performance. Ruben is a trainer whose purpose is to help you make positive changes in your lifestyle and improve your quality of life. His goal is to educate you on how simple changes in your daily habits can help you look and feel great. Ruben is an upcoming trainer who is passionate about helping you reach and achieve your goals. He is dedicated to making your training experience unique and specific to you. He specializes in functional movements, so whether you're looking to build muscle, lose weight, or improve your overall movement, he can help you do it all. He is located in the Northern Sacramento area in his own private facility. You can check him out on Instagram at Ruben7Hernandez. Feel free to contact him through direct message or call him at 209-406-7028. Again, that's 209-406-7028. If you have any questions or to schedule your first session, mention Straight Talk with Straight Hand and receive 50% off. Yes, you heard it right, 50% off your first session. So what are you waiting for? Head on over and book your first session with Ruben and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Ruben 7 Hernandez. That's R-U-B-E-N, the number 7, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on Instagram. Go change your life. That's very good. I really appreciate you being transparent with that. So people, you know, do understand, you know, like those star athletes out there that, that might, ha- you know, might be going through a tough times and they might think like, you know, that, that, you know, that they're, you know, they're odd for, you know, having these tough times, you know, how can, how can I be struggling mentally when I'm, you know, the, one of the top players, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it happens, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It, it happens. We're all human at the end of the day. And so, uh, but what, what's nice that you were able to fight through that adversity, because let's just be honest, every story has adversity, man. <laughs> you know, that's where, that's where, that's where, that's, that's where growth happens. Listen, that's where growth happens. And that's actually when greatness happens, right? That's when you have to, you know, that's where you have to pull the most strength because it's really easy obviously keep pushing when things are going good right but once adversity hits you know yeah. then you really then, oh, yeah. then you really find then you really find out what you're made of right that's, mm-hmm. that's what you really find out. that's, that's awesome man yeah, yeah absolutely man let's uh so let, let's go ahead and, and, and pivot from there and um let's get back a few more questions about your high school career let's talk about what what were your like i mean let's be specific don't give me some general answer what what was your like one of your biggest highlights of your high school baseball career on the field Ooh, I actually, okay. So we had this tournament um, every, well, we had, I'm not in high school anymore. So there'd be this tournament every year and, uh, about March time during our spring break calendar for high school. So during the spring break, while everyone would be on break in high school, we would have this tournament uh, about 20 minutes away in downtown Sacramento, uh, right next to Sac State. And it'd be at the McAuliffe Fields. And I remember every single time we'd have that tournament, uh, all the guys would be so juiced. Uh, we'd get to our high school field about three hours before the game starts and we'd be taking 
batting practice on our field. And then we'd all go carpool and jump into the cars and head over to downtown SAC and get ready for the game for those tournaments. And um, I remember specifically so many plays I would make and so many hits I would have. Literally, I remember there'd be times during night games where I'd be laying out for balls and outfield sliding like five feet across the grass with the whole crowd getting lit after the catch. I remember there was just, I actually had this on video. It's actually on YouTube. It has like 2,000 views because <laughs> my teammate's uncle posted it just for fun and it blew up. So we're like, hey, but um, <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, but I had this home run to right field against uh, this team, St. Mary's, and it was a clutch home run, man. It, it gave us the lead, and all we had to do was hold them the next inning, we, and we would win, and we actually did win. Um, but you can find that on YouTube. But that was a really big highlight for me because I've hit a good amount of home runs in my life, but it doesn't feel as good as when you're doing it for your own high school, for your own team. Things are on the line. You know, rings are on the line, tournaments, reputations on the line. And you come through for your team and for your guys. Those are the guys I've known for a long time. So um, that was a really, really big highlight for me. And the other big highlight was um, us winning Delta League champions two years. Uh, we won. And it just feels so awesome to do it, um, to have done it. And um, I, still talk, I still talk to my head coach about it. Uh, we call each other. I actually called him about a couple weeks ago and we talked about it. But um, really, that was the biggest highlight for me was that tournament I would have every single year. I would just do absolutely awesome in that tournament and then uh, winning the Delta League championship. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you had, you, you had a very, you know, epic career there. So obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of highlights and, you know, for you to, to pinpoint, you know, those, you know, it, it obviously meant a little bit more to you and stood out. So let's, uh, let's pivot and talk about your recruitment. Um, you know, when did your actual, when did you start getting offers? What, you know, what, you know, what schools were really heavy on you when it comes to your recruitment? Uh, so I first got my first offer in eighth grade and uh, it was from university of Miami in eighth grade. And I remember talking to that coach for a good amount of time. Them and Fresno state were really heavy on me in eighth grade. Uh, but I, I dropped Fresno state and I didn't really want to go there. So I was talking to Miami for literally the longest and I was actually talking to them all the way up until I think the middle of freshman year and then UNR, University of Nevada, Reno came in and they really wanted me as well. Uh, but then that state, that kind of held its spot for a little bit, UNR and, and, and Miami for a good amount of time until junior year. I think fall, kind of summer and fall of my junior year was when all the offers started coming in. So uh, it was about 10 schools that really, really wanted me um, and I was starting to talk to. It came down to University of Florida, University of Washington, UCLA, Stanford, Cal for a little bit, TCU, North Carolina, Cal State Fullerton, obviously University of Arizona, Arizona State, and um, one more school. I think, oh, Tennessee, Tennessee, University of Tennessee. So those schools really wanted me, um, kind of evaluated my decisions, as far as fall of 2020 or fall of 2018. And um, I came to the conclusion, man, I went on my official visit to here, University of Arizona in Tucson, went on my official visit, absolutely loved it. They had me out here. I actually watched the USC game uh, when they played USC at home, big crowd. Um, it's funny thinking about it now because COVID, it'd be like impossible to have that. It's crazy to think about, um, but big crowd, it was really fun. Uh, so I, that Sunday, uh, my skit, manager sat me down in the office and, and really pulled out the layout talked about financial details and then um, I committed to that school verbally committed and uh, I was committed for two years 2019 last year last November actually a year ago about a couple of days ago one year ago um, November I think 10th or 11th I actually signed my national letter of intent my NLI um, and officially became a Wildcat, Arizona Wildcat, and uh, officially committed to the school. And it's been history ever since, man. So it's been a crazy recruiting process, but fun at the same time. No, I remember when you went out there, I remember the football game. I remember your, uh, you know, your dad showing some pictures, you know, uh, you know, we were at, I was at your godfather's house and uh, I remember, you know, your dad was there showing off some pictures. I want to say ESPN, it was on ESPN, maybe not. I, I think it was. 
uh but i remember him you know showing us pictures of you and i <laughs> i can just i can see the i can see the joy right through the picture man that, that's for sure uh, let me ask you uh were you did you did you actually take any official visits to any other schools i uh, know i took no officials because i wasn't able to start taking officials till fall my junior year so i was other schools were interested in me before that fall so during the summer i'd actually go and, and see those schools um and i'd be talking to them on the phone and i, I was gonna plan i was actually gonna plan officials um but the last moment kind of came down to florida university of miami and arizona in that fall um of last year and or sorry fall of 2018 and um all the other schools i just went on unofficial visits so what, would, what does that mean me and my mom we buy uh tickets to that city we go there and we stay in the hotel i go check out the campus i go check out the baseball facilities check out the food get a feel for the environment the people um, and mentally ask myself if, if this is a fit. And that's what I would do after every single unofficial visit I would take. And um, just kind of narrowing it down day after day, month after month, and it really just came down to the best decision I ever made, and now it's to come here. Let me ask you, uh, you know, once again, specifically, what was it about Arizona? Of course, you know, great time. You, you, when you're, you're around thousands of people at a big time, you know, football yeah. game so you yeah, can yeah, you yeah. kind of you, you see that you know the type of atmosphere that you know uh, i mean my family's from arizona so i mean i know there's I, I can see a few things why you love arizona but what was it specifically about uh you know the university of arizona that really had you you know locked in and, and committed to uh you know to signing there biggest thing was how much the coaches care about me and that may sound kind of not corny to you but that, that may just sound like the answer that <laughs> no one would expect but really that's the biggest thing that it came down to obviously that wasn't the only thing there were so many other things for example the food here the environment as far as weather and culture the baseball facilities uh the weight training facilities the field is absolutely awesome i love high corbett um the people here are awesome the education obviously is cool it's college obviously school isn't something that everyone wakes up every morning it's like yes i gotta go to school like no that's not the case um but uh, I, I took that into account as well. Um, but the biggest thing, man, was was really how the coaches treated me. And they just really loved me for who I was as a person, besides what I could do for their program as far as baseball. They really cared about who I was, my background, what I want to do when I'm older, my social life, and just the smallest things that you wouldn't think a university coach would really care about. And um, another big thing was just what this school could do for me as far as after three years. And this school is known for bringing talent in and, and putting talent out as far as professional baseball. And um, I feel like for me, this is the best route I could have taken besides any other school in the country, man. I feel like this school really has it going. And I know it does now, man. I've been here for, I've been here, I got here since August 22nd, I've been here. And it's November 15th today. And I learned more here in the past four months, almost, almost three months, three, five, four, five months than I've learned in my whole life and put together, put together. And I say that because these guys care so much, man. These guys care all the four guys I have, pitching coach, hitting coach, assistant uh, head coach, and then my head coach. They all care so much. And um, that's what I really love. And they put so much time and effort into me and all the other recruits for this school to really make a championship caliber team. So that's really what allowed me to commit to this school. No, that's strong, man. That was a strong answer. Um, not only, uh, you know, did they, you know, really impress upon you, you know, what the school could provide, what the program could provide, what it could provide for you as a player um, and the experience, but, you know, now they're backing it up, you know, which is always nice because, you know, let's be perfectly honest, what you hear in recruitment might not necessarily be the reality, you know, when it comes down to it. So the fact that, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it sounds like they have actually exceeded your expectations, which is, you know, you know, oh, yeah. you know which is awesome oh, to yeah. hear, man. So here, why don't we do this? So uh, I got a couple more questions here for you. Let me ask you, and then I want to get into, you know, your time, as you mentioned, you're, you've been at, you've been on campus for, you know, a few months now. So I definitely want to get into that, but let me ask you, uh, you know, if you had, if you were a scout, you know, uh, on yourself, what do you believe your strengths are as a player? I mean, I get it being humble. I get it. But I mean, it, in all transparency, if you had to, you know, give a scout yeah. report on Chase Davis, you know, what are your strengths? I looked at myself playing baseball. I would look at myself 
before I get into the game. So I would look at myself how I do in the cage. I would look at Chase taking balls in the outfield and batting practice. I'll see how he does in batting practice on the field. Then obviously I'd pay attention to how he does in the game. I, I would notice that he has an outstanding arm from the outfield, lots of lots of strength, lots of accuracy from the outfield, loves to hit the ball to all parts of the field, has power to all parts of the field, and, and really stays within himself as a player and doesn't get too up, too down, uh, mentally stays locked in, getting to the next pitch. Who cares? The umpire steals a strike from you. Bad pitch. You thought it was a ball, called it a strike. You miss a pitch that you thought you should have hit 450 feet to dead center. Um, just being able to flip the page is what I'm really good at. So I would notice that in myself. Uh, and really just being able to hit balls really far. I have lots of power. I take lots of pride in that. I'm very athletic in the outfield. I've gotten a couple comments on scouting reports saying I look like a linebacker out there. It's funny that they say that. Um, I just take that in and, and <laughs> just hold it in the back of my head. Um, but I would really just see that I care so much for the game and I love it, um, but lots of raw talent there to work with and, and so much potential. Yeah, man, that sounds about right. I mean, that's definitely what I see. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of other people see. Um, no, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, I know you, you kind of, you know, spoke, spoke on it earlier, but do you feel like you have something to prove going to college instead of signing and going straight to the MLB? Like, do, do you feel like, you know, you have something extra to prove? Oh, yeah, man. Best believe that. Best believe that. I think the biggest thing for me to prove is, you know what, for the next three years, I'm going to show all the scouts and all the people in the, in the recruiting process and people from the higher up why they should have taken me at 18 years old instead of having to make me wait until I was damn 21 years old. And you know what? I believe, I really strongly believe in the process of everything happens for a reason. But at the same time, you know, this is what, I, this is what I'm going to show these guys that um, I was ready at 18. Um, but over these next three years, I'm going to ball out, win three national championships in a row with this team. We're going to go to Omaha. We're going to win in Omaha, get a college world series ring back to back to back years. And all the guys, including me and my class are going to sign very, very high in 2023 and we're going to show all the guys drafting us that we had it in us all along and that there's no more doubts in, in us and that everything straight up, man. You got to see it for how it is. And that's exactly what I'm here to show them. I'm here to, I'm here to win. I'm a big team guy. I'm not an I guy. I'm a team before I. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you got to play for someone, right? And there's 30 teams out there. And whatever team takes me is going to be the lucky team to be able to have a guy that knows what the hell he's doing on the field, off the field, and really just dare to ball and, and win the championship. And it has talent and no more doubts ever in their minds about me over the next three years. Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking for a barber? If so, come check out Jeremy McGuire, also known as Cuts by Mags, at Puzzles Barbershop, located at 2124 El Camino Avenue in the Sacramento area. Puzzles is a barbershop with great vibes and great barbers. Our goal at Puzzles is to make sure you leave sharper than you walked in. Cuts by Mags is an upcoming barber who is passionate and dedicated to making your cut experience better, cleaner, and long-lasting. He can do it all from razor lineups, tapers, fades, and so much more. More. Make sure to check them out on Instagram at Cuts by Mags or text them at 916-505-2401. Again, that's 916-505-2401. Feel free to reach out. He'll be happy to answer your questions. He is currently by appointment only, but has a flexible schedule. Mention Straight Talk with Straight Hand and receive $10 off any service. Looking forward to seeing some new faces and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Cuts by Mag. That's C-U-T-Z-B-Y-M-A-G-Z. No, man, that's a perfect example of, of, of turning a negativity into a, a negative into a positive, letting it, you know, obviously fuel fuel you um, and fuel your success uh, more than you already, you know, were motivated, you know, on a daily basis, you know, with all the work and you know, all the commitment you put into this game of baseball, just something extra, you know, uh, that's going to you know, constantly, you know, push you even harder. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's a positive, you know, it's a positive. Um, at the end of the day, you are very blessed. Let me just, you know, remind you, because at the end of the day, all those schools that you just named that were recruiting you um, are all great institutes, all great schools, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. all great programs. And the fact that, you know, uh, you know, you're at U of A, one of the, you know, the top program, you know, top programs, you're, you know, you're, you're ranked top, you know, top three by most, you know, for incoming freshmen. Um, it's not, it's not a bad place to be, you know, so we're, we're you know, where Chase Davis asked, Chase Davis is at is not a place 
bad place to be. So, you know, you're still very fortunate, very blessed to where you're at. And like I said, and like you had mentioned, it, it's just part of the process, you know. And uh, one thing that, you know, um, I look forward to you doing is enjoying it. Yes, you have something to prove, completely get that, but enjoy that, you know, enjoy, you know, what you're going to be able to experience that you wouldn't have been able to experience if you, if you went a different route, you know. So it's just different blessings, different opportunities. Uh, different, you know, learning opportunities for you and, and, and different ways for you, you know, to grow uh, both, you know, as a person and, and as a player. Uh, let me ask you this. What are some things specifically that you want to work on uh, during your time at U of A? I uh, mean, really, this is what I've been working on for the past few years, man. It's just same game. Nothing changes. Uh, my swing, uh, my swing, I really want to work on staying in a hitting position at all times. Uh, just being consistent. And you know what? Major League Baseball pays hitters to be consistent, provide consistent results. And uh, being young, being my age now and being kind of younger when I was around 15, 16, consistency wasn't always the scenario. So that's really what I want to work on for the next three years. And I have full faith and confidence in my coaching staff that um, consistency as far as results at the plate in the games is really what's going to propel me and catapult me. Uh, I may make errors in the outfield, may mess up you know, in small, small areas. Um, but at, at the end of the day, if I could do things right in between those lines, then, and then be consistent at it and be, and do well at it, then sky's the limit, man. And I just understand that. So over the next few years, I'm really just going to, that's really the only thing, man. And as, if you keep too many things in mind and you try to work on too many things, you're never going to get that damn one thing done. So for me in my head, if I'm just working on being consistent and taking everything one step at a time, and then maybe moving on to new goals, then so be it. But as far as now, man, consistency is key for me. Sounds good, man. That sounds good. Uh, I know you, you, we've talked about it, you know, all throughout the podcast, you know, you, you, you know, you raved about your, your coaches there, uh, you know, your time at U of A, you've been there, you know, four or five months, four months. And, you know, you already talked about how much you've learned, learned in four plus months and you have up to this point, which is awesome. Uh, how has it been, though, uh, being on campus, being away from home, right? Being away from home officially, you know, for the first time, campus life. Uh, talk to me, man. How, how's, the, how's, been, how's the experience been so far at uh, University of Arizona? Man, it's, it's funny. Good, good question, man. I think just reflecting on it, so much fun already. I, man, I got here August 22nd, and I, I was so excited to get here. And it's literally November 15th, and it feels like home already. It really, really feels like home. And when I say that, you may be like, you've been here for three months, dude. How's it feel like four months? How's it feel like home? Well, when you're here every day, traveling around the city, playing baseball, same thing day in and day out, going to the field, coming back, eating at different restaurants and being alone and not be seeing mom and dad and not seeing brother and friends and, and family, girlfriend, all that kind of stuff, then you have no choice but to accumulate and, and to absorb it. As, as such, man, absorb it as home. That's really all you can resort to because this is all I know right now. And I am not regretting it at all. I love it, man. School is online, uh, super chill. I don't have to worry about waking up hell early and getting dressed and making sure my appearance is good for who, you know, going to school. So everything's online. I open up my damn HP laptop, what I'm on now, and I, and I just do assignments all day and I, and I attend one Zoom call. I attend one Zoom call. My day starts at 10 o'clock as my first class and my day's done at 1230. I go to the field at one o'clock every day, one o'clock every day, seven out of seven days a week. I am busy playing baseball from one o'clock, eight o'clock at night, <laughs> every day, every day. So my schedule, I absolutely love it. Baseball is heaven for me, heaven on earth. Obviously that's a very serious topic. I don't get into, but baseball is so awesome here. I love it. And being around these guys feels like family already. And I can't wait to go home over break, but I really took this as home right now. And I have no regrets. I love this school absolutely so much. The food is awesome here. People are awesome. The way everything's kind of ran. We have a gym here um, for people that don't play sports. I go to that on our off days on Monday. But on Monday, I don't even take the day off. I go into the field for like two hours and hit. So I don't even take the day off. I, I play seven out of seven days a week ever since August 22nd. And it's been paying off. I, I see it. My body's changing. Weight rooms day in and day out. We work out at six o'clock in the morning. And um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we work out. And um, I just think it's just really the best thing that's ever happened to me as far as baseball and career-wise. So um, I haven't looked back and I haven't really doubted my life yet. And um, 
I don't know, man. It's just been history, man. I love it. I love it. No, that's good to hear, man. That's good to hear. Uh, I, one last question before we get into my rapid fire Q and A. I always end uh, all my, my my episodes with some rapid fire Q and A. But one last question is: so, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, you know, what's the goal um, when it comes to U of A and beyond for you? Man, you know it. I've, I've talked to you personally, but to make it clear right now, uh, the goal is to go number one overall in the draft in 2023. And, and you know what? That's going to take years, two years, three years of work. Um, but I feel like I'm fully capable of it, and I'm so ready for it. Um, I'm going to be 21 years old, man body developed, mentally developed as a hitter, ready to face guys in the Major League Baseball right now. Man, these guys just got done with the World Series. They're sleeping right now. Um, and I'm gonna, I have potential to be facing them three or four years from now. And it's cool to think about that. And that's what I'm motivated to do. That's really what I'm motivated to do. It's not about the money. At the end of the day, money's going to be there. So it's really not the ultimate goal for me. My ultimate goal is to prove myself right, to prove myself right. I'm not here to prove all the scouts right or wrong. Obviously, I mentioned that earlier, um, but that's not the main goal, man. My eyes are on, on the prize, number one overall in the draft. And that's what I feel like I can really, really do. I feel like I'm so capable of doing it, um, getting my relationship closer to God. because He's going to propel me through this. He really is. I can't do it without him. I haven't done anything I've done without him. So at the end of the day, man, me and him are unstoppable. And, th and this journey I'm on is really what I feel like I'm set to do from him, really to you know spread his name, through the spread the gospel at the highest level, at a, at a big stage with the, with the light on me. Um, and, and to really spread his kingdom. But at the same time, he's going to be blessing me with uh, tangible things on earth. So it's, it's, it's a win-win. It's and um, I've learned all this kind of stuff uh, through the years as far as church and as far as baseball, kind of making that intertwined connection. Um, so I've learned so much. But really, that's the ultimate goal, man, to go number one in the draft three years from now and to be able to be set um, for the rest of my life financially and emotionally uh, with the relationship I have now. We're going to be planning on having a family and all that kinds of good stuff, man. So my eyes are set on straight. My head is on straight. Um, and I just can't wait to be able to keep playing day in and day out and not giving up on my dream that I was set to do and that I created uh, in sixth grade. Absolutely, man. Spoken with 100% conviction and belief, uh, you know, the faith. We, we and Like I said, uh, it's to me, it's irrefutable. We, we're going to go ahead and speak life in it, you know, as you as a number one pick and obviously, a, a, you know, a great career. And, you know, and, you know, many things you're going to be able to do uh, based on that, you know, that platform that you have, you know, on and off the on and off the field and probably just be let's just be transparent here, make a, a bigger impact even off the field. So, um, I, you know, I'm believing on it with you, too, man. So, hey, this is what we're going to do, Chase. Uh, you know, rapid fire Q&A is what I end my my episodes with. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, nothing too deep. Okay. Just, I mean, these, these questions are, are going to be kind of random, too. So, uh, <laughs> all right. First thing. Are you a mental note guy or are you a notebook guy? Mental note. Hey, there you go. Okay. Favorite player of all time? Ken Griffey Jr. The kid. That's nice. What's in your beats right now? AirPods right now. What, what's on What's on steady repeat? What are you listening to? Spanish music, man. Like a thumb. <laughs> all right, man. I, yeah, I, I saw some dance moves the other day. That's good. <laughs> hey, I speak uh, Spanish too. Okay. There you go. Bilingual. There you go. Um, uh, what's your dream car? I know you're into cars. What's your dream car? Ah, Porsche GT3 RS. Man, no hesitation on that one. No uh, hesitation. Who's the one person, one pitcher you look forward to uh, facing in the MLB the most? Ooh, uh, Rodas Chapman. Okay. Hey, man, man uh, these are quick to you. I like it. Favorite sport. I mean, I, I, think I, I think you alluded to it earlier, but maybe I might be surprised here. Favorite sport that's not baseball? Soccer. Soccer, uh, yeah, that's hands down, hands down. All right, last one. All right, last question here. Number one advice. You had to narrow it down to just one advice here, and I mean, and you're gonna have a lot of people, you know, listening. <laughs> no, number one, number one advice you have for aspiring baseball players. Number one advice. Oh man. Okay. This answer is the answer I give people that reach out to me via phone call and Instagram. Instagram DM asking how they get better. This is my little, literally, literally number one piece of advice that I wish I knew when I was younger, but this will take whoever's hearing, this will take you a very, very long way. Whatever you are doing, 
whenever you are doing it, impress yourself. Impress yourself. If you do that, everything else will take care of itself. If you show yourself, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Or, wow, I made that much progress in X amount of time. Wow, I worked this hard to do that. If you can impress yourself in whatever you do, then you will become great. The sky's the limit for you and whatever you're doing. Just impress yourself. So, so simple. I like it, man. That's the first time I've ever heard that. That's that's a very uh, unique, uh, you know, uh, answer. Like I said, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely receive that and take that in and, and share that one, man. Uh, so definitely appreciate that. Well, Chase, man, listen, it, it, it's, it, it's been fun, man. I appreciate you, you know, freeing up some time with that, you know, that busy seven day a week schedule to get to come on the pod, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm beyond, beyond sure, uh, you know, that you definitely delivered some, you know, content and some great value out there that, you know, people are going to be able to learn from, be inspired from, as well as, you know, people just got to, you know, the, know the Chase story, you know, on top of everything else, really get to, you know, hear it uh, straight from your mouth. So I uh, just want to thank you for uh, being on the pod, man. No problem, man. Thank you, Odie. I appreciate you having me, man. It's a blessing in itself. No, you got it. So, guys, if you if you haven't followed Chase yet, you can catch him on on the gram at Chase Davis nine one six. Once again, his IG handle is Chase Davis nine one six. If you're not following me, just last name at Strayhan. Uh, just want to thank you guys for joining me for another Straight Talk with Strayhan. Continue having a blessed day. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strayhan podcast. If you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button, and we will catch you on the next episode.